Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Happy day to you. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 178 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Liberty, 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 <laughs> liberty. Okay, so for the longest time, I think his name is Limu Emu. Limu the emu. Yeah, and yeah. I, and Doug, right? And, and Doug. Doug, right? Like I those commercials are so good. But here's the problem. I feel like I see the same one for like six months and it just goes and goes and goes. And it's like, you know, the one with the, well, with COVID, um, the male I don't think model. Anyone recorded new commercials for <laughs> that's, like that's six probably months. True. So but the one they just kept hitting replay. But it's all green screen, right? Like uh but the one oh. the uh the one with the male model who like Bibbity Mutual, like that guy who <laughs> always messes up, that's my favorite. Line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. few things. Uh, first, subscribe to the podcast. If you are not, please do it. Don't wait. You can find us on all the major platforms. And if you'd be so kind, give us a review. It helps other people see the podcast. I have listened to, I don't know how many podcasts in my life. And I will tell you that everyone says that and they mean it. When you write a review, it does actually help other people find the podcast. Second, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all things I no longer have, at Pure Desire PDMI. If you'd like to consume video content, you can find clips of these episodes on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. The last thing, Nick, we have started this campaign. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what it's called and I'm gonna let you let you talk about it. So we have started a giving campaign called Stories of Healing. Yeah, and hopefully by now some of our listeners have seen these on you know our Facebook page or social media or maybe even received a video through their email. And we appreciate everyone being in touch with us that way. And, and what we're trying to share is the impact this has on people's lives. I, I think many people even listening to the podcast are listening because in some way. Pure Desire has shaped their life or their marriage or their faith journey. And we're just so excited to be a part of that. And we also recognize that what is happening currently is still only a, a small, small step towards the um, much bigger cultural change we want to see. And the number of people we know that need 
the kind of hope, healing, and freedom yep. that Pure Desire gets to be a part of. And so the invitation of this campaign is just to say to all of us whose lives have been impacted, to say we can be a part of other people's stories of healing. Yep. I mean, you mentioned the podcast. Even this year, I've had a number of couples say I I was recommended to listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And when I heard you know, So and So Share or heard Rodney's story or listened to Dan and Jen's story, it made me realize that I could be free, yes. that hope was possible, and now I'm in a group. And, and we hear that all the time. And so much of that is possible because people jump on board and they're a part of what we do. And, yep. and one of those ways is by partnering with us financially. And we want to remind people the difference they can make. The, the whole point of this campaign is really about becoming a monthly partner. Yep. Because to me, that's so much more powerful than just, you know, one time, ah, oh, here's 50 bucks. I, right. I like what you do. But to say, even with, you know, my $10 a month or yep. 25 or whatever God puts on our heart that we're able to do to say, I'm investing in yep. the stories of healing of others. And as we do that month in and month out, I love the way Andy Stanley used to say it, that, you know, where our wallet goes, our heart follows. Mm -hmm. And so when I invest even a little bit of money in something, it's amazing how much more in tune I am yep. thinking about it, praying for it, wondering yep. how it's going. And and that's our hope in encouraging people to become a monthly donor is yeah. to say, not just that we want your money, but we want you to feel like you're a part of this. We want you to to pray with us and to walk with us and to get those updates and to hear more stories of healing. So um, as you're seeing those videos and updates, I hope people will jump on board and yeah. um, consider even in a small amount yeah. or large if God puts it on your heart, but even in a small amount to say, I am a part of other people's mm -hmm. stories of healing. And that would be awesome to know that we're a part of it. Yeah. The question we want to ask you is, the question we want you to ask yourself is, what story of healing could my financial contribution create? So if you want to give, go to puredesire.org slash stories. You can give as a recurring donor or a one-time gift if you would like. All right. So uh, we started a new series today on the podcast as we're now into December. And the series is called Present for the Holidays. Um, which I mean, I'm sort of proud of because I, I thought it was fun and creative, but also a very challenging thing to do to be present for the holidays. So today we talked about uh, being present and being emotionally aware. Yeah. And to speak about liberty, for a lot of us, we can feel that we're kind of prisoners or slaves to our emotions, mm -hmm. that we're we become driven by anger or depression. Depression is a major issue in our society yep. during the holidays. We might be driven by loneliness or all kinds of things that can just surface at this time of year. Yeah. And we really believe that we can experience liberty, that we don't have to be a slave to our emotions, but we can learn to allow our emotions yeah. to be a teaching tool and right. a training tool and something that draws us towards God and faith and towards others. And yeah. so I really hope that's what people get out of today's episode is to think through um, number one, how, where am I at in my emotional awareness? And then number two, how can I grow? Because yeah. Like we say multiple times in this episode, there's room for growth for all of us, no matter where we feel like we're at on this this spectrum. So yeah, and we had Heather Kolb join us, a staff member and speaker who is uh, is great. She knows a lot about this area and uh, had a lot of really good insight. So it's a good one. Enjoy, Heather. Welcome back. Thanks. Nice to be here again. Yeah. I, I still feel like people maybe are shocked. Like some things are open in Oregon. If you're watching this, we are sitting in the office. Um, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. We could just <laughs> say by the time this airs, the way things are looking in our state, who knows, but that's good true. to be here today. That's true. Good to yes. see your smiling faces. We recorded this in November just for everyone to understand. Um, okay. So, uh, at the time of the release of this episode, it will be December. Um, 
the holiday season will be, I mean, at this point, it really is in full swing. The holidays, and I was thinking about this, it's often presented as this fun, family-filled, there's maybe a little bit of crazy, you know, depending on what movies you watch during the holidays. Or but what it's family all, you're a part of. <laughs> sure. But, but like the way that culture, movies, music portrays the holidays, it's this joyous time. And it actually can be extremely stressful and very emotional. And honestly, that can happen whether we know it or not. And so that pushes us really to, whether we know it or not, to want to check out, numb out, stay away from really the unwanted emotions or experiences. And so um, we often talk about on the podcast being spiritually, emotionally, physically present, that that's a key to living healthy. And we want to use this four-week series to really challenge us all to be present for the holidays because it's very easy to check out. So today we want to talk about how to be emotionally present for the holidays. And as I was thinking about it, we're going to start with emotionally present during one of the most stressful seasons in the calendar year as the first one of this series. So I just feel like it's going to be timely. Um, so let's just start with this first question, I'm talking about emotional awareness, being emotionally present. What is emotionally uh, what is emotional awareness and can we give some examples of what that is? Yeah. And so emotional awareness really is broken up into three parts. It is being able to recognize our own emotions and the emotions of others. It also includes being able to recognize and label emotions in an appropriate way. Mm -hmm. And then really, I think the biggest part of this is being able to use all of this information to guide our thinking, feelings, and behavior. So that just kind of in a nutshell is what, what really people think about when they're talking about emotional awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would kind of encapsulated as it's like the what, why, and where of our feelings. Like, okay, what am I feeling? Mm. And and why am I feeling that way? Like what actually happened in my environment? What what occurred around me? And was it actually something someone said or did or just yeah. something I'm thinking about? And then the where of, and where might that be coming from? How does it link to my past yeah. or my trauma or patterns? Um, and, and so just many different ways that we can experience that of just being aware I'm feeling something. And what I see also is having the, you know, a, I think a buzzword in our culture right now is mindfulness, that mindfulness of that what I feel or what I'm experiencing emotionally is not the same as who I am. Yeah. So having some separation between what I feel and my identity, because what can happen as an example, like we might f say, I, I, if I'm feeling really down, I might be tempted to think I'm worthless or yeah. I'm not good enough. Right. And emotional health would be able to separate that and go, no, I'm right now I'm having an emotion. Yeah of feeling like I'm yeah. worthless. So where might that be coming from? Why am I experiencing that? Yeah. And and that health comes as we recognize that's my emotions don't define who I am. To to recognize and understand them is what then can help us make good choices based on yeah. what we're experiencing and feeling. Yeah. And that's one thing I try to do is tie especially the unwanted behaviors that I have. And I mean, I feel like I just bare my soul on this podcast for so many people. So they know that my three year old Brady is triggering anger in me consistently. Um, and we're in the, the you know, the three-nager stage of that. But um, <clears throat> for me, emotional awareness is being able to, if I get angry or I raise my voice or I feel like, I mean, this happens often where he'll call me into his room after he's gone to bed um, and I'll just be clenching my teeth in my hands as I'm walking down the hallway to go to his room. If I can tie those things to what's underneath, like what feelings, you know, what emotions are there, that for me is emotional awareness. That's a practical way is, 
is like seeing, I don't want to be angry anymore, but if I want to stop doing that thing, I need to figure out what is it that mo that's motivating it. And usually it's an emotional response. And for me, practically, uh, we're in a season where I don't get a lot of alone time and I don't mean sex. I just mean alone time with my wife, like me and her without our children. Yeah. Um, and all the parents who now you guys both, right. Who are in this different season where you actually do get alone time with your spouse. You're just like, Oh, we totally understand. <laughs> right. Um, so for me, what I feel like is happening is when my son asks me to come into his room, what he's doing is not actually valuing my time with my wife the same way I am. And it makes me irritated. Don't you get it? You're asleep. This is my time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm emotionally responding to uh, a sense of loss, a sense of disrespect. And so for me, that I've been able to tie those things to what happens with my anger. Does that solve the problem? No, but it at least helps me identify what the problem is and then make steps to alleviate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that we all want to, I believe, become more aware of and, yeah. and look to develop in our life. And so let's think uh, about it this way. How do we know if we have emotional awareness? How do we know if we're being emotionally aware? So it is a process and it's not something that we will tend to say, oh, finally, finally, I'm completely emotionally aware because no one's ever going to be They just sent fully. my degree in the mail and I now have it. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And so because we're all going to have situations that are still going to cause us to overreact or underreact. But I think that that is a key right there is to just be able to look at our behaviors and even what you were saying of understanding the why and the where and the, mm -hmm. and the who is to really become kind of a little bit of an investigator of your own emotional yeah. state and be able to say, okay, if I'm feeling, if I'm overreacting or if I'm even underreacting, where is this coming from? Right. And even kind of doing that analysis yeah. in your own head for a few minutes or even just to sit with this for a while, especially if it's something that is a bigger issue, but just be able to say, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Or even what am I feeling mm -hmm. exactly? Because sometimes that can be harder to yeah. identify, especially if our initial response, like you were saying, Trevor, is to be angry. Yeah. But really, what is that? Because yeah. anger is going to cover how I'm really feeling. Yeah. Right. right. And so just being able to then say, okay, what am I feeling? Why am yeah. I feeling this way? You know, is this a pattern? Do I feel this way often? Is it, you know yeah. what I mean? What is it in in maybe my identity that is being kind of poked at right now that that I'm feeling right. afraid or threatened or yep. disappointed? You know, it's kind of this process. Yeah, for um, for me, and and again, this idea of being present emotionally. Um, if I am not aware, or if I'm not actually sitting in and feeling the feelings that I have, I will never be emotionally aware. And so for me, seven on the Enneagram, uh, all over the place tend to do all these different things. It's very, I, like I could tell you 15 ways right now I can run away from my emotions and I could do probably all 15 in 15 minutes and be fine, right? Like it's done, it's over. But that emotion will come back up again. And un unless I'm able to, and this is what I've been learning in my own recovery right now, if I'm not allowing myself to feel how I feel and think the thoughts that come into my head and just run away and escape, then the manifestations of those feelings are actually never going to go away. And it might not look like anger at my kid, but it may come out in a sideways direction in another area. And so I think, how do we know if we have emotional awareness? I think for me, the question is becoming, am I allowing myself to feel the feelings that come up in my day to day? And if not, then emotional awareness isn't there. 
Yeah. yeah I, I think I want to underscore what you guys have already mentioned, that everyone can be emotionally aware. It's not something you do or don't totally. have. And we need to mention that because for some, they may have almost accepted this as an excuse, or I would even say a lie about themselves. It's just like, well, I'm just not good at emotions, right? I just, I can't recognize it. It's, it's truly an area that all of us could grow and develop yeah. and learn in. And that to me kind of leads to what, how do we know if we have emotional awareness? It's the amount of time that transpires between when we feel an emotion and mm -hmm. when we become aware that we have felt that emotion. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so I think as we grow in emotional awareness, it's happening within moments like, wow, I just got really triggered by some anger and the ability to kind of notice it and reflect on it. And even with the people we love and that we know love us, the ability to say that, like, I'm really being triggered by some fear right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's because when you said this, it made me feel like maybe my job is in jeopardy and, and being able to talk it like that would be a really um, good example of uh, strong emotional awareness yeah. versus if someone, you know, three days later goes, I think I got really angry on Tuesday and then looking back, like, okay, maybe we could pause. And we're all like, uh, you think? Yeah, like, <laughs> a little more. And so if, if you do feel like you're on the end of the spectrum, that the distance, the amount of time between when you feel an emotion and when you recognize it is really, really long, that's where there's some habits you could practice of, is it every morning or evening journaling, just some of what yeah. did I experience today? Is it yeah. taking that five minute break at lunch or in your afternoon to just go for a walk and take some deep breaths and say, what have I been feeling? I know I'm feeling something, but I yeah. haven't stopped long enough to ask, what is it? And I think the more we do that, we we can shorten that distance of time and we start to become aware. And it's also where I just will mention the, the tool that pretty much all of our groups use, that faster scale, yep. really is an emotional awareness tool that every week, and as you've mentioned, Trevor, you could use it every day if you want, yep. to sit down and think through what were the stages that I've been through today? And maybe some days I only got out of the F into anxiety, but other days I hit all the way to exhausted. The more we see our patterns, I think that also helps us shorten that time frame because yep. we become familiar with what we react to. That if, if I know I react strongly to disrespect, I can feel that disrespect yeah. trigger a lot quicker, quicker and be able to then try to manage, okay, what am I going to do with this? Yep. Because I'm seeing it and can respond differently. Yeah. So I, again, you know, this idea where, um, and I think emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, that has been a pretty popular, uh, terminology for, I think probably the last five to 10 years. Um, but I think that sometimes it can often just become this, uh, ethereal thing that's just like, oh, we just kind of aspire to emotional awareness, but um, I think it's important to identify what's at stake if we don't have it. So how would you guys respond to that? What is at stake if we are not emotionally aware? Well, I think that even like you were saying, Nick, that how long it takes us to even process that those feelings is, is one thing, but then there is a piece to it of how much are those feelings going to control us? Mm. You know, what are mm -hmm. we going to yeah. let happen basically in our behaviors or our thoughts and our feelings. And I remember a couple years ago and it was around Christmas and I was really excited because my two military sons, they were going to be home for Christmas and I was super excited. And then of course, like military things happen all the time, then they were saying, oh no, we won't be home for Christmas, but we can be home in January. And I was so disappointed that, and this was probably in early November when I learned that, that I didn't want to do anything. Mm. I was just like done with Christmas. I, I was, that. <laughs> I was yeah. so I disappointed that. that it then was so, it controlled me. Yeah. I was not vested. I, and I love Christmas, but it was just, I think that I couldn't even wrap my brain around this level of disappointment. And yeah. so I just avoided it. I didn't even, 
I mean, I didn't get decorations out. I didn't put up a Christmas mm. tree. And it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe even two weeks before. Christmas. I was. I was <laughs> because I was so sad and disappointed. Yeah. And um, and then my younger son, who is still at home, he's like, okay, we need to get a, a tree. We need to do these things. Don't you want to do this? And yeah. then I realized that, okay, my disappointment is now affecting my son and mm. it's affecting my my home and yeah. my husband and you know mm. which was really helpful for me to snap out of it but I was yeah. really having this disappointing party by myself yeah. of just you know of this feeling that I could not even do anything with so yeah that's exactly what I was thinking about Heather that it it robs us of the joy that is present in this mm -hmm. moment because no matter what we're feeling anger disrespect loss loneliness there are still good things. You know, we talk about the the five gratitudes each day that we could look at and see, well, in spite of what happened here, I've still got a lot of joy that I can find. So it, it can rob us of that present moment, but then also the way it can wash over onto those relationships and people mm -hmm. around us. And I was yeah. thinking of a, a couple of examples, like if you're going to your in-laws and you're not aware that you have a trigger about the job that you have, and maybe your father-in-law is kind of insinuated that what you do is a lame job or he doesn't respect you. And, and then you're there with your family and your father-in-law says something like, well, how's that job? And the way he says job has just a little barb in it. If, if you're not emotionally aware, you may immediately be triggered to anger, respond in a very negative way, cause some kind of conflict that now either he shuts down or you do or people yep. have to leave the room. Well, now the whole gathering is impacted because you allowed a, a moment that you weren't really prepared for yeah. to take away from what maybe was going to be a, an enjoyable night with the yep. rest of the family. Yep. So the awareness could say as you're heading towards that party, like, you know, I'm aware that it seems like my father-in-law doesn't think highly of my job and he may say something, but even if he does, I'm going to do my best to take a deep breath. Yeah. I'm being present with the rest of the family, with my wife, supporting her. Yeah. And that moment could be navigated much differently. Or um, I think of another situation I've heard of where uh, kids opening their Christmas gifts and maybe they're disappointed and how that can trigger for parents a sense of like, you're you're so ungrateful and why don't you care about what I do for you? And just what you were saying, Heather, now they get kind of lost in Christmas morning is quote unquote ruined because their kids weren't grateful. Right. Well, it, that doesn't have to be the case. Like yeah. as a parent, we could be emotionally aware and go, okay, maybe that was a miss. Maybe there were some expectations they had that because their kids weren't realistic and yeah. I'm going to take a deep breath and move on and, and we're going to enjoy the rest of what this morning has to offer. So right. I, I think in both those examples, that's what I would point out is just the way we can allow moments that really could be small. Mm -hmm. They could be just, okay, it happened. I'm aware of it. Let's move on and, and really blow them out of proportion yeah. and, and rob a lot of joy from what could be the rest of that time. Yeah. <clears throat> I think... Um... Just, I mean, the the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is that you're actually perpetuating the issue by avoiding it. And so um, there aren't a ton of examples. I, I know this to be true. I, I think I'll, I'll try to kind of put one together, but I, I can see that if I get triggered by, because this is what happens with me and my three-year-old. If I get angry, he also does. If I get big, he gets big. And when I get big, what I'm doing is I'm reacting out of a negative emotion, an unwanted emotion. Uh, which is actually showing a, a very limited amount of emotional awareness in that in that moment. All I know is I want control and I want to mask what I'm feeling so I get angry. And then he gets angry. And so if I'm not able to identify my emotions and then get angry, what I'm doing is I'm modeling to him that that's what you do. You get angry mm -hmm. and you don't actually figure out what's going on. 
And so if I continue to do that, I'm just, uh, I'm actually not dealing with what's happening in my life. So I'll continue to get angry. And then as I get continue to get angry, my son will continue to get angry and not actually look at what's going on. And so I can't come up to him. Let's say we do this for like a year. And then I come to him, I'm like, so what was motivating that anger? And he's just like, I don't know, dad, you were mad at me. So I got mad. Like for me, that's like legacy that I'm creating in a negative way. I'm creating a negative legacy of a lack of emotional awareness and just reactive um, and I think maybe that's what it is, is that I, I continue to be reactive instead of intentional and proactive uh, with making healthy decisions for my life. Well, the silver lining, though, in the story you just told is you can likely see as a dad that your approach there didn't work. Right. That I got angry, they got angry, and it got worse. And, and our brain can kind of go, okay, I need to figure out a different strategy here. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem for a lot of us is um, our emotional triggers work that we get big and someone else gets small and can be controlled or manipulated. Yeah. And so it maybe has a yeah. long-term damaging effect. Yes. But in that moment, our brain goes, well, that worked. That pushed away what was uncomfortable or what I didn't like. And, and that's part yeah. of what we have to have right. the awareness to look into and say, where am I choosing to give into an emotion yeah. to win the moment, yep. but I'm kind of losing the, the journey or the relationship long-term? Yeah, because my brain is literally taking notes like, oh, we'll use that next time, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, and it's hard because in that moment, there is this feeling like I've somehow accomplished parenting because he has submitted. But then at the same time, I also have this like Dr. Ted, you know, on my shoulder saying like, you're hurting the relationship. You're not yeah. actually helping it. Um, and I think what's funny is when those two things also collide in my mind, that actually makes me angry too, because then there's shame that's built into that. Mm. And so for me, I've had to identify almost a second layer of emotion uh, or maybe a, a reactive layer where I have that first level of anger and masking unwanted emotions. And then because I have that, then shame kind of gets dumped on. Like I'm literally dumping shame on top. And so for me, it's just this, you can enter in whatever word or description you want. It sucks, basically. <laughs> it just makes it worse. So we're already kind of leading into this, just the impact that our emotional awareness has on others. But let's talk a little bit more about that and maybe even getting into more the positive side of who does emotional awareness affect and how does it affect them? So I would say that emotional awareness affects all of us because we all have emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that part to me is a no-brainer that the how part is a little bit interesting. So even Trevor, what you were explaining about how you get angry and you get big with your son and then he he reflects that yeah. back to you, that is actually called reciprocal interaction. And mm. it is a very natural thing for us to respond yeah. to what we look at. So if somebody smiles at us, we naturally are gonna smile oh, back. Nice. Even yeah. yeah, but it just seems to be this yeah. this innate ability of ours, whereas if somebody's angry or is perceived as threatening, yeah. then we become alarmed. Mm -hmm. And the issue with that, I think, with the how when it comes to emotional awareness, is that if we're more aware and we know that I mean like for Trevor, if you know that your three-year-old is going to not go to bed and he's going to disrupt you and, mm. and has these all of these behaviors, for you then to be emotionally aware means that you need to behave differently. You know what I mean? Because that really, sucks. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if we though are going to break this, this yep. cycle, yep. then we have to be really emotionally aware enough to recognize that this is really about having healthy control right. over my emotions, yeah. you know, and I've been there, done that with, 
having three kids yeah. and you know all of that but it's still stories. yes yeah. dozens of <laughs> yeah. stories but it really is about that okay what it, what can i do yep. you know to change this yep. this pattern and i think that that's key in in really i don't know changing the way that we respond and building or growing in that level of emotional awareness yeah the uh the um the thing f- for me it's a culture thing um, that the culture in the home. I, I have a, f- a friend, a pastor friend of mine, who has said it really clearly that um, anger is the only acceptable emotion that men are taught. Mm-hmm. Um, at least culturally, that's that's what we see. I think it's changing a little bit. I don't know if I could say it's changing in the church, but I think it definitely is changing outside the church. That um, having this wide array of emotions isn't negative per se, but I think that that's what's modeled a lot. And and what's funny is in that example I'm giving, I am modeling anger. Um, but I think that that's what's cool is that if you start to address and become more aware of all, like the spectrum of emotions that you experience and are able to create a culture where that's okay to dialogue about them and you're using language um, in descriptions of why you do what you do that are tied to emotions, I think what that does is create a culture. And then that culture becomes, you know, for me, then I'm, I'm raising two sons that grow up being aware that emotions are very central to the way that they act and what they do and how they treat other people. And to know that if you're having issues in the way that you act or you treat people, okay, I like it's because of emotions. Let's go back here and look at it. So for me, it's, it's, it's creating a, a trajectory for uh, the people in my house and creating a culture that I hope would be sustained over the long haul. Yeah, what comes to mind for me is how it sets the tone. You know, and I, there's so much marriage material out there that talks about the importance of those first minutes when you get home and reconnect with your family or your spouse. And I, I think a lot of that is we, what you were saying about reciprocating those emotions, yeah. we tend to reflect what we're given. And so if I get home grumpy and moody from a long day and I just kind of walk in burdened and distracted and a little, you know, on edge, it doesn't take long before it feels like that tone has permeated my mm-hmm. whole family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Versus if I, you know, I get home in my car, if I'm emotionally aware and okay, this is where I'm at, but an, a recognition that I have a choice. Right. I, I don't have to act on my emotions. I can choose to act differently. And um, some might say, well, you know, are you faking it? Faking it till you make it? Is it just a performance? And I, I, I get maybe those concerns because we don't want to be in a habit where we're just always faking. Oh, I'm happy if inside we're hurt. Sure. But on the other hand, there's some health to, I don't have to act out of this place of my emotions. Because yes, I had a long day at work, maybe yeah. I'm drained, but I can make a choice before I go in that front door to say, when I get in the house, I'm going to greet my kids, give them hugs. I'm going to ask my wife how her day was. And and when it's appropriate, I may need to download some of my work day, but, yep. but the tone I set is a choice I can make. Right. And it's just choosing to look at what kind of emotions do I want to pass on to the people I'm seeing. Yeah. So that's... That's where awareness, I think, impacts everyone around us because yeah. we are tone setters in whatever right. environment we're in. And I, mm-hmm. I think that what I'm, just from our conversation so far, that communication about emotions is so important um, because our spouses, our kids, our friends, our community, they need to know where we're at. Or we, I think it's almost this uh, two-way street where there is benefit in me sharing how I'm feeling because I know for me as a verbal processor, I actually hear out loud for the first time maybe for that day, oh, that's really where I'm at. Maybe this is why I've been thinking or feeling this way. But then also uh, allowing that space for someone else to reciprocate that. Like, thanks for sharing how you feel. Here's how I feel. And those tend to be 
maybe more beneficial conversations than the just like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then you go your separate ways. So I can see how important communicating emotions is to all this. Well, and then even I think having that level of emotional awareness that I don't have, I don't know only six emotions, but I know 50 emotions. And I know we talk about this a lot and we use the feelings wheel in our resources. And in fact, you can get like a three foot by three foot feelings (laughs) wheel and mount it. I mean, if this is an area of struggle, it's like, let's just work on this as work on this as a family. You know, let's put it on the wall for six months and see what happens with that. But it really is just being able to say more than I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling sad. Mad, sad, glad. Mad, sad, glad. That's all I know. (laughs) Right. But being able to just really process that. And then like you're saying, Trevor, to be able to communicate, it's huge. And watch Inside Out. That's what you should do. Oh, I love it. Watch Inside Out right after you listen to that. Well, there's only five emotions in that movie. (laughs) That's true. But disgust Grow a little bit. Definitely a good one. Yeah, okay. Um, It's funny. As as you're saying that, I remember there are times where I have asked Brady, why did you do that? And really what that is, is like, what were you feeling? And he'll just be like, well, dad, the flash just wasn't there for me. And Batman didn't help me save the day and the Joker won. And it's like, okay, that's not real. I love you so much for living in that world. That's not real. But I'm understanding that even though it may not feel like we took this huge step forward, at least he's still kind of like, well, this is what was going on emotionally in me. Batman and Flash didn't show up. What's up, man? Like, And that even in that, I just want that to become a part of of my household, that it's okay to talk. It's okay to be this way, even if Flash and Batman won't show up. (laughs) Batman will always show up, just so everyone knows. Um, Let's kind of uh, take that that question and more apply it to the holidays. Um, So when walking through this season, what are the benefits? You're spending a lot of time with family in close quarters. There tend to be um, a lot of, from what I have experienced, there can be a lot of unsaid uh, things that are kind of bubbling under the surface. So how do we, um, what are the benefits of having emotional awareness during this crazy, busy holiday season? Well, I think that you actually may be able to achieve some level of peace during this season, which is a great goal. But I think that, like you were saying, Nick, that it really comes down to choosing it. You Mm. know, that we can't choose other people's behavior, but we definitely can choose ours. And if we're going into a situation that we know that there could be, you know, that it could be more stressful, that... There may be our unspoken things that we just choose, okay, this is going to be my attitude. This is, you know, I'm going to have these positive mm-hmm. emotions, I, you know, in yeah. practice even. Yeah. I mean, you I think You talk about mental rehearsal lot, all the time. Yes. How powerful that is. Yeah, it is. And so if that's what, what you need to do, that you're even going to go through that process of visualizing yourself at the event or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, there's more that we could do that we'll yeah. continue to talk about, but it's even just deciding or like having that mindset yeah. that, I'm going to be emotionally aware first of my emotions, then of other people's emotions. And then really, like you're saying, to be present, to not shut down if something happens or go sideways. I'm not going to eat that whole bowl of stuffing. I'm not going (laughs) to eat that whole bowl of stuffing. Well, and I think this year in particular, 2020, so Mm. if someone's listening a couple years later to put it in context. You remember 2020, listener, don't you? The the COVID situation might radically impact people's Christmases that or Thanksgiving and traditions that we have come to love may not happen. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. those concerts might not occur. That Christmas party might not happen. Those guests might not travel into time. I mean, all kinds of things. And yeah. so what will happen, I think for a lot of us, there will be some deep feelings of loss or disappointment or what you said mm-hmm. about your sons, like, well, why even bother? And yeah. 
And I think it's really important in emotional awareness that we're able to just express that because if we can do that, it will invite other people in our home or our friend circles to do the same because I, I really believe we need to be able to support one another through what will be a very unique time. And yes, I think there's wonderful opportunities for joy and yep. celebrating, but it may all look different this year. And so to be able to ask ourselves um, beforehand, what are my expectations or what am I hoping? Because if what I expect or hope doesn't happen, there will be loss or disappointment yeah. or frustration. And yeah. so if, if I'm not prepared for that, I, I think there'll be a lot of people maybe just upset or like you said earlier, shaming themselves of, you know, it's the hap happiest time of the year, but I'm a mess. And right. why am I so sad? And yeah. why, why can't I enjoy that it, I'm on vacation for Christmas? Well, yeah. It's going to be different this year. And so I think we have to give ourselves a lot of permission to feel all the feelings and to talk about them. And yeah. in that, we will be able to then, I think, focus on what are the good things, what are the places we can find joy and gratitude yeah. and maybe create a new tradition. But yeah. if, if we get locked into um, a lack of awareness of what we're feeling and the loss and disappointment, I, th I think we could just kind of stumble through yeah. this whole holiday season and feel like, boy, I was just off the yeah. whole month. and. Um, yeah. I don't think any of us want that. So just yeah. being prepared that this may be different and that's okay. Yeah. Let's all talk it through and be aware of what's going on together. I think um, considering, I just was thinking about what I tend to focus on or think about when I'm walking into a, a celebration, um, whether it's a Thanksgiving or a Christmas dinner, or Christmas Eve celebration, something like that. I tend to walk in thinking about what I'm going to get out of it. Am I going to enjoy this? Um, and I wonder what if we took a, a shift and we thought, how can I best help others have the best time that they can? Or how can I, um, how can I make sure that I am a positive influence in my family's life when I walk in the door? And I think that a couple ways that come to mind for me is just um, working on yourself is always going to benefit other people. That's not why you do it, but it's just this beautiful fruit of working on myself and my own emotional awareness. Um, and then a, a kind of a, a practical step of that is um, I think that gratitude is contagious um, mm -hmm. in a way that I consistently forget or underplay where if I walk in and it's not something that I'm like trying to convince you to be grateful by how grateful I'm trying to be, but it's just focusing on on the things that you do have. Like this is something that um, and it's it's beautiful to uh, to see. And it, this is what I love about parenting is there are moments where my son's praying and he's thanking God for our house and that daddy has a job and that he's got toys. And it's just like, well, shoot, I've just been missing it. Like I've been so bitter about these things. And I'm not saying to your point, like we should grieve and we should be uh, communicating disappointment if it's there or at least being aware of it. But I think at the same time, like look at what we do have and, and focus on that and be grateful. And again, not as a way to like manipulate people, but I just think that it's, it's contagious. It's infectious that when I'm grateful, it, when my three-year-old's grateful, it's like, oh, I should be more grateful. Like, and I think that it's, those are really practical things, working on yourself and being grateful. But I think that that could be a way to shift the perspective from what do I want out of this holiday season to how can I best be uh, a great influence or an encourager of someone during the season? Yeah, that's really good. The Holy Spirit just convicted me of what I just said. And I was <laughs> so excited about it. Well, and I think that's the point of this episode that we all need this, right? Totally. This isn't just for like those few people that need emotional awareness. Right. Like you said at the beginning, Heather, yeah. there's room for all of us to grow and to learn and to practice these things. So as we look at this holiday season, uh, how could we grow in emotional awareness during 
what could be a stressful, unique holiday season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of those things that, and we talk a lot about this on the podcast, but it really is, how are you going to be proactive? You know, that you're mm-hmm. really going to not just respond in your emotions instead of reacting, but what are those other things that we need? You know, like, are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating the way that we should be eating? Are we getting exercise? Are we, you know, focused on really good self-care? You know, all of those things, because you can have, you know, great emotional awareness, but if you're sleep deprived, it won't matter, right? So, because you're going to be more reactive instead of just responding. And, And I think also when it comes to even those little things, like, when somebody says something that that could be stressful to you or even a trigger that you just pause and count to five in your head yeah. and you know what I mean? Yeah. Those kind of things, yeah. that can go a long way when it comes to this season and communicating our emotions. Yeah. Uh, last night we were over at some friend's house and I was talking to two other guys who've been through group um, and uh, one of them was just sharing how he hasn't been able to sleep very well um, for an extended period in his life. And he recently started putting his phone away and doing box breathing and was talking about how beneficial that is. And we were talking about how, uh, for some reason, how difficult it is to remember or to prioritize things like that. And we were talking talking it through and it's kind of one of these things where it's like, well, people who have like anger issues and are depressed and are alcoholics, like those are people who need to like practice breathing and like take a minute. But what we talked about is that actually is not true. The people who are the most healthy are the ones who prioritize things like that. Um, and so I think that stopping, and even though it's going to feel super weird, especially if you've, even if you've done it for 10 years, stopping and just breathing for five minutes is still kind of weird. Um, like I'm, I'm a go-getter. So it's like, well, what am I missing out on? What can I be doing instead? So I think that taking, like you were saying, maybe five seconds, maybe five minutes just to breathe. Um, and then I'm, I'm reading a resource right now, uh, about anger and, and ways to, um, manage it and heal it. And one of the things it talks about is, and this has to be done in a breathing exercise where you actually envision yourself sitting on the side of a river and you're watching these pedals that are on the water go past. And what is on the pedals are your emotions and your thoughts. And as you're going, and this was something I love that you said earlier, you actually identify what they are, identify, uh, is that a judgmental uh, feeling or thought toward myself or toward other people? Um, and yes or no. And then just once it's out of your view, it's gone. And you're just moving on to the next one and you're watching, you know, and it sounds super weird, <laughs> but I've tried it and it's kind of cool because it's just like you you realize um, how much is actually going on under the surface and the idea of actually identifying those feelings and identifying is it a judgment toward myself or someone else helps me, I think, uh, differentiate what are um, – I think like what are negative emotions or things that I'm wanting to mask and maybe some things that I need to address later on. But it's just one of those things where they talk about being a non-judgmental observer and or impartial observer of your emotions. And I think that if you can practice maybe something like that, I know there's a lot of other things out there, but practicing stuff like that can help you grow an emotional awareness because you're actually sitting on the river of your emotions and you're just watching them go by, identifying them, mm-hmm. which again, sounds weird, but I think it could be helpful. Yeah, and I think with that, a couple of things that we can really make this a major part of our prayer life, because believing that God's Holy Spirit lives in us, just having the prayer to say, Lord, would you help me to see what I'm not able to see about myself, about what I react to? Like, give give me new eyes 
to interpret my circumstances and what I'm feeling so that I can learn to respond better and and prayerfully journaling your thoughts and and believing that God really wants to help us grow yeah. our emotional awareness yeah. because then we'll be more able to connect with him and others and God made us for relationships so we know he wants to answer a prayer that would help us increase in relationship with him and others. So I think throughout these weeks, just making that a, a daily prayer of Lord, make me aware of what I'm feeling and what's driving me. The, the second thing, and it kind of relates to what you said, Heather, that I would encourage is trying to look ahead and be predictive about what am I likely to experience? Mm. Like I can tell you at yeah, some point in this holidays, I will feel not good enough that I'm not doing enough to either put lights on my house create traditions for my kids. I mean, whatever it is, like, because yeah. you'll see it on a movie or social media and be like, well, darn it, I'm I'm pathetic compared to that. Yeah. And and yeah. I can get lost in all the comparison of what more I should have done. And I, I knew I should have bought more lights and I should have, you know, when the sun was out, I should have put up those and not waited. And now it's rainy. And right. if I can be aware, that's something I'll probably feel. Then yeah. I can also think ahead to yeah. say, okay, what will I do with that emotion when yeah. it comes? Right. Um, are there a couple of things that I can control that I am going to choose to do and then let the rest of it go? Yeah. Or am I going to choose to be off social media more thinking through that? Um, I, I also know it at some point I will probably feel like I don't have much energy yeah. and I've beat myself self up over that. Like, well, here I am on a break. I shove all this energy for my family and I feel kind of low. What's wrong with me? And mm. okay. So thinking ahead again, if, if I have a day, I just feel low energy. Yeah. How will I respond to that? How could I help? My wife, just be aware, that's how I'm feeling. And so I, I think for all of us, if we took some time or even talked with our family, like what's likely to come up this month that could create a, yeah. a strong emotions, and then let's have a plan for what to do about it. Yeah. You know, if you're going to see that's relatives true. or yep. family, you probably know already the argument you and your whatever relative are going to have. <laughs> and I would just ask the question, do you want it to go the same way and have the same outcome it always has? Yeah. Or could that's you good. say this year... I'm going to believe in faith and through prayer that it can have a different outcome because I'm going to be aware that I don't have to be triggered by the anger or the fear or the sense of disrespect. I can choose a different route. Yep. And then, you know, believing God will help you in that moment. So I, I think for all of us, and we won't see everything coming and we shouldn't beat ourselves up if an emotion hits us blindsided. I mean, that's part of emotions. But I think there are some probably common ones that we'll see coming a mile away yeah. and just taking the time to think through them, talk through them and be ready to have um, a better response when they come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. It's funny that you mentioned about praying for our, you know, even that the Holy Spirit would help us. Cause I remember having a relationship that was such a strain for me every time I had to see this other person. And, but my prayer in my immaturity was, you know, Lord, help that person not to irritate me, you know, instead of Change them. then, exactly. And so, That's but then sweet. when I started praying for my behavior, you know, yeah. that, that I would love this person yeah. despite this strain that we have. And you yeah. know what I mean? Those kind of things. That's when I saw change in me, you yeah. know, and which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it, it works. Be sure that you know how you're praying for yeah. one thing, yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah. absolutely. And our relationship has always, has just never been the same. Right? <laughs> exactly. yeah, <I'm> just <laughs> it, it, I mean, it might be me. I don't know. Uh, okay. So uh, though this season can be difficult, being present for the holidays is one of the best ways to move forward in our health in the area of emotional health. As we've talked about, it's not possible to maintain or create it without emotional awareness. So don't numb out 
or avoid this part of the equation because whether you want it to or not, it has a significant impact in our recovery and our healing and how your family functions go. <laughs> so whether it's sexual, relational, emotional, or physical health, being present for the holidays is essential, underlined three times, to maintain our health for the long haul. Hev, thanks for spending time with us and being here. Yeah, this was great. Wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is looking for help, go to puredesire.org and start your healing journey today. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. If you've already subscribed, please write a review. It helps others find the podcast. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person. And sometimes we are taking care of everybody else. But we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.